Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Western PA Sports Blog Podcast. This is Nate Stice on the mic and I'm joined by Brianna Bree Curtis, a graduate assistant softball coach for the Penn West Edinburgh Fighting Scots and she's also the guidance counselor of the Charter School of Excellence in Erie. Bree, thank you for coming on the show. You know, I'm excited for more people to hear about your story and your success and latest venture here at Penn West Edinburgh in softball. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm really excited to be a part of your uh, podcast. Absolutely. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, Erie, PA. Um, it's been home for you for mostly all your life, I believe, maybe some college years away and stuff like that. But um, what's the city mean to you and how has it helped you become the woman you are today um, and the professional that you are today? I love being an Erieite. I love everything that the city has to offer. Um, most importantly, I think the sense of community that Erie brings, whether it's, you know, in sports or um, just rallying around community members when they're going through something tough. I know that I can always count on my community and I'm just appreciative to come from a place that really um, holds each other in a high regard and um, just shows up when you need them to. Absolutely. Um, you know, been here for less than a decade, but, you know, Erie may be a city, but it's still pretty small. You know, everybody seems to know everybody and they rally behind stuff like that. So I can definitely understand where you're coming from there. Um, I think you went to high school at Mercier's Prep, um, played softball there. Um, I think you played for Erie Crush and Travel along the way as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I don't think you played in college. I think you continue to play recreationally today. But um, when you look back at the time when you were playing the game, um, what do those memories and times mean to you and how have they influenced you into you know, being the coach that you are now and wanting to coach as well? Yeah, so I did uh, play high school ball at Mercier's Prep. Um, I was coached by Jim Motes, and Jim also coached me throughout my career for the Erie Crush. Um, he deeply impacted my life, uh, just as far as wanting to be a coach someday. Um, I think that he brought out skills in me that I didn't even know existed and, and not just at a fundamental level, but at a personal level. So, um, just to give an example, I was an outfielder and I had practiced outfield for, oh gosh, like the majority of going into my freshman year. And I actually um, started varsity as a freshman as the center fielder. And the next year, our catcher had graduated. And at that time, Jim told me that I was going to have to catch. And I had never caught before in my life. Um, and I was quiet. And just leadership was scary to me. Like being a leader, especially vocally on the field, like was pretty terrifying. And I think that through his coaching and his his guidance, I was really able to pull out that leadership piece for my team and be a vocal leader and really take control of the game. And I think that that alone, having that skill that I learned from him really impacted my life. Um, and that's why I think that, you know, I went into guidance counseling and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, just just those types of skills, like not even, not even on a softball level, but on a personal level. Right. You go from, you don't know if you're ever going to see a ball out in center field to you're in on every play. Um, you know, people forget you throw as many balls nearly as the pitcher, you throw back every single time and 
you're calling out steals, you know, play calls and all that stuff in the infield. So you go from maybe you're going to hit the ball, get the ball out there to you're in on every play. So you kind of grow up pretty quickly along the way. And, uh, you know, it's great that you had such a, you know, an awesome experience in high school softball, had a, a great mentor there and, um, you know, helped develop you into who you are today in some ways. So that's always great. You know, coaches can be such a huge part of the high school experience. And I'm glad that you had a, a relatively good one there. So that's always good. Um, so what made you go into social work and counseling? You know, you talked about it a little bit in the previous question. Um, was there someone in your, in your line of work who really changed your life? Someone in your personal life who really made you realize that this was what you wanted to do? I think there was never really a specific person that, um, I looked up to that was in the social work field. In fact, there's nobody in my family, um, that is in social services, really. Most of my family's in healthcare. Um, but I just had a deep, deep, uh, you know, push to want to impact my community in some way. And I felt like really being a social worker and serving those who might be in positions where they need just someone who is positive in their life, someone who can guide them, um, and help them improve, whether it's social skills or, um, you know, interpersonal skills, things like that. I just always felt a calling to go into that type of work. I think that growing up, I was always the friend that was a listening ear and tried to resolve conflict and um, really developed those skills at a young age. And Originally, when I went to college, I thought that I wanted to do exercise science and I just wasn't feeling fulfilled. So I thought I would, you know, give social work a try and I just really fell in love with it. Right. Well, you were at the right place to start um, for exercise science. Um, Slippery Rock University, very good program, not to downplay uh, the social work degree that they have as well, but obviously they're known for all kinds of health degrees, whether it be mental health or the physical health side of things. So you start at Slippery Rock, you get one degree, you go to the University of Pittsburgh. Um, I'm thinking you maybe went online for that one, if I'm not mistaken, um, but maybe I I'm wrong. Went in, uh, did, you? Yeah. did you? So did you move down to Pittsburgh for a little bit? I did. Okay. I, I was fortunate because um, I had, uh, since I was a social work undergrad student and I maintained a certain GPA, I only had to go for one year in person. Wow. I got what's called advanced standing. So I was in pit um, for about a year. And when I was there, I actually played club softball for the University of Pittsburgh. Um, and I coached at um, Shadyside, which was a really great experience. So, yeah. Yeah, so a little bit more layers there than I realized, which is great. I'm glad that you mentioned that. So, um, yeah, what do each of those institutions mean to you is what I was getting at. You know, uh, your undergrad years, um, obviously, you probably met a lot of great people. And then sounds like you met some great people along the way at the University of Pittsburgh, too. I uh, just want to know what those two schools mean to you. Uh, and are you a proud alum of both of them? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the Rock, it just so many incredible people that I've met along the way. Um, deeply impacted by my professors in social work who, you know, really pushed me to go on to a master's program and in clinical social work and really just delve into those clinical skills. Um, at the University of Pittsburgh, I remember like telling my dad that if, if, if my meeting with my advisor did not go well, then I was not going there. It was just like going from Slippery Rock that was so confined and so small to a big city institution was so different um, and very intimidating to say the least. But I knew that 
the social work program there was one of the top in the United States. And I really wanted to learn from the best so that I could deeply impact my community. Um, and I, I had a blast there. Um, playing club softball was so much fun. I met so many great people. I'm just, yeah, hail to pit. Yeah. So you were a college athlete. It just didn't work out in the most traditional way. You had four years where you were not, and then you had a year where you were, um, very unconventional. Um, how was that? Maybe I know what technically wasn't a varsity sport, but was that a dream realized just to be able to to do something like that for you? Yeah, you know, if I'm being honest, I think that when I left high school, I think I just struggled with a lot of anxiety and I didn't really think that I was good enough to play college sports. And so I really just focused on my studies and, um, you know, took that route. And then when I went to Pitt, I actually knew someone who was on the club team and it, it took a lot for me to even try out. Um, I didn't even really tell anybody that I was trying out because I was worried that I wouldn't make the team. Um, and then, you know, I, I did. And it, that really changed my life as far as um, just realizing that things are possible. And, you know, with, with our club team, we were able to travel and, and play like Ohio State and um, just, you know, Kent State. It was such a cool experience, um, and it really made me realize that I wish that I would have played in college. Yeah. You probably started to think about coaching right after that because I don't think you started coaching. Well, you started coaching at Pitt, um, and then obviously you came back home and started coaching, I think, around up here at least a little bit. Um, but let's. I think you're on degree number three now that you're working on. Am I right about that? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually, I'm studying uh, to get my guidance counselor certificate. So right now I'm emergency certified in guidance counseling for the Charter School of Excellence. Um, and I'm actually, so I'll get my certificate. And then I am also studying to be a school psychologist. So that'll be my third degree. Wow. That's great. Um, are you, so you're not quite tired of this school thing yet. You're working in a school and then you get to go to school um, and get a third degree. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I think I'm just like a life lifelong student at this point. Um, my dad jokes around about that. But I guess what's really pushed me to continue schooling is just to be able to impact students. Um, you know, I've been so passionate about my community and working in the Erie School District um, has just really propelled me to want to be the most educated so that I can impact the most people. So I'm really loving my school psych program. I'm learning a lot in my guidance certificate program as well. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, um, that is fantastic stuff. About how long do you anticipate um, this taking for you? Because you're working full time, you're coaching part time, and then you're doing part time classes. I mean, this is a lot um, to, to be handling. Um, how are you doing handling all of that? And, and how long do you expect and anticipate that this whole journey might take? So I should be able to maintain my guidance cert and my school psych degree within three years. It's definitely a big commitment. I'm really lucky that I have such a supportive partner in, yeah. in my grant, um, just incredibly helpful and really supports me in everything that I do. And with that support system, it just makes, you know, the time management and all, all of those pieces much easier. 
yeah, you know, we forgot to mention, you know, planning a wedding in the meantime and <laughs> all that fun stuff that goes along with that. And I say fun loosely because I think some of it's fun and some of it actually is kind of terrible along the way, um, but hopefully more fun than terribleness. Um, but uh, no, that's great. You know, I know you're a busy person, so that's why I'm glad that you could take the time to come on a call here. You know, very appreciative of that. Um, but like we mentioned earlier, um, you said you were at Shady Side. Obviously, um, you were at Villa Maria for a few seasons. Um, I think you may have played and been the co- or I think you might have been the coach for the last ever uh, Villa Maria game ever, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then obviously softball, you definitely were. Um, you win a district title. Uh, you played a state playoff game. Um, how much do you cherish that team and, and being a part of? History. I know that's probably bittersweet in some ways to see the victors kind of dropped, but also probably a proud moment in some ways too to kind of be a part of history along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's hard for me to talk about those girls without getting tears in my eyes. Um, they are so incredibly driven and motivated to succeed, and they completely transformed that program at Villa. Um, when I first started, I think we won two games and I think in the last few seasons, that's almost what I think we only lost two games. So, I mean, really just completely transformed that program into a winning program and something to be proud of. And, um, I think that those experiences have deeply impacted me as a person and as a coach, um, just knowing there was a lot of stress on those kids with, you know, the merger and, and having all of these feelings that their school was closing and also that, you know, this they were the last team standing in all of Villa history of sports and that, you know, we won District 10. It, they handled it with such grace um, and just, uh, I'm, I'm just so proud of them. Yeah, I think that's very difficult. You know, I, I could only imagine how tough that would be, um, you know, kind of went through something similar. My school didn't close, but we co opted uh, not entirely the same. There's actually closed and, and entirely merged. So that, that's tough to deal with. Um, but I think that the girls that remained and did not graduate, they've been, that I've talked to anyway, they've been nothing but full of class through that whole process. Um, and they're looking forward to making Cathedral Prep softball history because there is none, you know, which is really cool to think about. I think it's so they're in such a unique position, right? Because they they ended one, you know, one chapter and now they're starting a new one. Um especially for Jenna Wagner, you know, being a senior and really, you know, leaving Villa with those memories and really making alumni proud, winning District 10 and now going into the first ever Cathedral Prep softball season and they're looking to claim, you know, another District 10 title and I'll, I'll be excited and and cheering them on through that. Absolutely. That'll be quite a an interesting accolade if you have a, a District 10 title with two different institutions and technically you didn't transfer anywhere. Uh, that would be probably one of the first that I'd think of that, uh, that, that I could think of anyway. So that would be pretty cool. And um, like I said, you know, hats off to those girls. They're doing everything they can and, you know, making, uh, you know, new territory for them, which is pretty cool. Um, it is. The, the Charter School of Excellence Obviously, this means this place means a lot to you. Uh, means a lot to a lot of people. It's a a great thing in the Erie community. Um, these children come from many different walks of life, many different backgrounds. Um, how rewarding truly is it to see all that at one place and really be that person that so many of those kids can come to? What does that mean to you? It means so much. I 
always knew that I wanted to work in an urban district and being able to just serve such a diverse population. I'm constantly learning from my kids. Um, they teach me so much about, you know, cultures and traditions. Um, and, and to be honest, these kids experience a lot of things throughout their lives. And I guess I just go to work every day and try to be a light. Honestly. Um, I think that, and I don't think research has shown that, you know, having one positive adult in your life can really make a difference in your life path. And so, um, you know, I go to work with my coworkers every day and, I try to be that um, for our students. Absolutely. Um, such a necessary thing. Um, that school has changed a lot of lives. Uh, I know it's still relatively new, I'm pretty sure, but um, obviously it's doing it's doing its job and i um, glad that you're a part of that. You know, it's, it's great when you can go to work and any work is good work, but when you're fulfilled at the end of the day, um, not saying it's not challenging at some, at some points, but um, that's just the best thing ever. When you get paid to do something you love, you know, there's no better feeling than that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do love it. I always tell people that I, I have the, the best job in the world because I get to watch kids do things that they never imagined doing, whether, you know, they're a first generation college student. I have, I have a lot of kids like that, um, that never thought that they would see themselves going to college and, and then go on to make it happen. And just hearing their story and where they come from, I mean, it, it's taught me so much. And again, just really changed my life. And that led me honestly to wanting to pursue a school psych degree because I realized the importance that a school psychologist plays. Um, and I think it's important to be a part of the education system because it's deeply impacting our youth and their future. Right. You know, you and I definitely agree on that. Um, as I work in higher education, um, helping those underserved communities kind of change their, change their life, um, change their, their families' lives alongside them as well. Um, it's such a good feeling. So I can totally relate in, in that regard as well. Uh, back to softball, though, um, shifting back to Edinburgh softball, that is. Um, how's working with a, a legendary coach like Dan Gearlack? Um, you know, I know him from technically being coworkers for a year at Edinburgh. Um, you know, how's the team looking for 2023? And how much have you learned from him already, even if you haven't even had the first game yet? Oh man, I, I have so much to say about Dan. He is just a great human. I think we share a lot of the same values when it comes to our athletes. I've always um, really lived by the phrase like person over athlete, right? So Dan just creates this culture at Edinburgh where it's really family first um, and softball is second, but he does an incredible job with developing kids personally, which I had told you earlier, I'm very passionate about. Um, Dan is very fundamentally driven, which I also value. I've learned so much um, just even in the past few months being a part of his program that, you know, you think you know a lot about softball until you come in, in contact with somebody like Dan. And then it, there's just so much to always learn. And I'm always just eyes wide open. Um, you know, learning from him every day, and it's been such a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, great human first, great coach second. Um, they go together, um, but obviously he's a great person first, um, really cares about that community. He has been involved with Edinburgh, I'm thinking somewhere around nearly 40 years um, from his time as a student athlete, as a football player, 
then later a football coach, then later a football and softball coach, and now just softball coach. Um, so he's done nothing but amazing things in his time at Edinburgh. Um, you know, he's seen two generations, the next generation of his children have gone through Edinburgh, which is very cool. And, and now he's giving back to, you know, to, to so many more, which is, which is excellent. Um, so I'm glad that you're having a great experience with him. Not even surprised to hear that. He's such a great guy. Um, and he is one of the funniest guys ever too. He's, he's got such a great personality. He likes to keep it upbeat and, um, you know, I'm sure you guys get along in that regard too. So. Yeah, we, we do have a lot of fun. Yeah. He makes it fun, you know, which is, which is excellent. Uh, the first game is, is Sunday, less than a week away. Pretty crazy. Um, you're playing a team from Philadelphia all the way in Florida, so I don't know how that <laughs> I don't know how that works out. It's just the way that it, it, the schedule goes in the early part of the the year. I understand, but um, are you are you going to squeeze this Florida trip in, or are you um, uh, staying back home this time? Yeah, no, I actually I'm I'm traveling with the team, which is um, I'm really grateful that my school, uh, you know, the Charter School of Excellence, my job understands that. You know, I have a commitment to the Edinburgh softball team, and and they allow me to do that, which I'm passionate about. Um, but I'm so excited for Sunday. My girls have been working so hard. Um, I typically work. I work mostly with the pitchers and the catchers, and I know that they have just put in so much work in this off season. And I'm really excited to see them shine in Florida. Yeah, and you got some good veterans coming back um, at catcher and at pitcher, which is great. Um, some of them I think are in their fourth and fifth seasons. So they've, this is no, uh, first rodeo for them, which is exciting. So hopefully that leadership, um, that experience, you know, shines through, uh, not just in Florida, but the whole season, uh, as well. Um, so there's no denying you've had some great things happen that we've talked about. Um, but there's also been some adversity in your life to, to say the least. Um, you know, as a young woman in her twenties, um, you know, you were diagnosed with cancer, um, you know, up front, how did you, and how do you continue to kind of deal with this reality, um, that you, that you've experienced here? Yeah. So I think at, at 27, I never expected that I was going to be diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, it came as a real shock to me. And I remember like, just being panicked about even like coaching. Like I remember the athletic director from Villa calling me and him saying, I heard, is this true? And I said, it is true, but it doesn't mean I can't do my job. And he was like, whoa, 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 Brie. Like we're not worried about coaching. We're worried about you as a person. Right. right. Um, so I think just really understanding that bad things happen. Um, and I think that I just try to use it every day to, again, bring light to other people. It sounds so cliche, but I always, I, I try to live on the fact that like things like this happen to people so that we can tell our story and that, so other people that are going through it can really, you know, rely on us that you, you can get through it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I can't even imagine, um, you know, I think you were going through this when the world shut down at a point too. Mm -hmm. Um, that is probably one of the most terrifying things ever. Um, cause obviously it, your immune system's different at that point in your life. And then you have a worldwide pandemic that, that continues, continues today. I'm not downplaying that. Um, but really, you know, picked up in, you know, quarter one of, of 2020. Um, how terrifying was that reality on top of the reality that you were already going through at the time? 
Yeah, so I think that everybody at that time was so scared, um, just knowing that I had a really fragile immune system. I had just come off of, um, I went through 18 weeks of hard chemo. I had, that ended in December. I had a bilateral mastectomy in January, February, we were talking about, you know, radiation. Um, and then the pandemic hit, like our softball season was canceled. We weren't at work anymore. And I remember like even going into, um, cause radiation was still open cause it was medical necessity. So going every day, to be radiated like you couldn't even walk past someone like the one person would go in and then when they when you saw them walk out then you could go in as a patient and it was just like it was terrifying in that way because there was like not a whole lot of human interaction and you were the only one in there and it was just like pretty lonely at the same time um but yeah I, I think that was just really an added struggle and a really unique time to go through something you know so difficult yeah I mean, it's just truly unbelievable. Like you think you're really starting to maybe feel like your old self and then this kind of gets added, dropped into your lap as well. Um, you know, I, I can't even imagine. I, I, you know, I'm just, there's no amount of words I could even say to let you know how sorry I am that you have gone through something like this. And, you know, you're in remission. Um, I believe remission, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, is about five years and then they rule cancer free after five years. Do I have that correct? So I was actually deemed cancer free just with all of the, um, and I'm in remission now, um, just because of, I, they, I had such a, an aggressive treatment regimen that they could basically prove that I. Oh, we lost Bree there, but hopefully she'll Come back in just a second here. There you are. Sorry, we lost connection there for just a few seconds. So um, we were just talking about how you were ruled cancer-free because of uh, treatment. Yeah, so I've been in remission for two years and just really proud to say that I'm a survivor of such a, a horrible disease. Thank goodness. You know, uh, you're doing so much for other people and you were at the time too. Um, you know, what got you through this? Who is, who are those folks, um, that you, you relied on and, and maybe they relied on you at other times, but you know, they owed you one. So you, you know, you went to them through that, those difficult days. You know, really, I, I at the beginning of this, I spoke a lot about just the Erie community. And I, I think that my entire community, including the softball community, really rallied around me. Um, I'm fortunate, you know, to have a, a great support system with, um, you know, my sisters and my aunts and my dad. Um, and also, I, I know you know them pretty well, but the Cosgrove family just really laid around me and were so helpful at a time when I felt like my world was falling apart. So just really grateful for all of those people. Yeah. You know, and I'm glad that you're feeling like your old self in in many ways, you know, it's so important and you continue to give back and you continue to inspire people. And, you know, it's such a beautiful thing. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to know you for sure. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Um, I did have something pop into my brain and I just forgot it, but, um, hopefully it'll return here. Um, so 
let's talk about what you're participating in um, in the this community, the cancer community. How are you giving back and helping other people who are who are going through uh, what you've gone through or things similar to that? So I participate whenever I can with Linked by Pink. Um, and basically, I do things like fundraising, but also um, going out to different events and telling my story. Um, I try to impact my community in that way. But also, I just try to get connected with as many people as I can that are going through breast cancer. I can remember just being so terrified um, and not knowing what was going to happen next and really just linked by pink was such a great resource for me. Um, for anybody that doesn't know linked by pink is for young breast cancer patients. It's a support group, um, that is local to Erie PA. Um, they do everything from grants, uh, to wigs to just, you know, sitting in a group and being able to talk about what it's truly like to go through something that really alters your life. Um, so yeah, I just, I really try to get connected to as many young women as I can, whether it's, you know, expressing how important it is to do a self-breast exam or, you know, maybe it's somebody who's going through cancer who was just recently diagnosed and just trying to talk them through, you know, what the process looks like and, and what they should be asking for and what they need and just being a support system for them because I know that that was just so important for me when I was going through it. Right. And what I was going to ask you originally has popped back into my brain. Um, and when I say brain, I mean on the paper that I prepared. Um, I just got <laughs> ahead of myself um, a little bit. Um, you're obviously very skilled and knowledgeable about the mental health side of just life in general. Um, did that come into play and help you through your battle at all? Just knowing the resources, no, recognizing signs that maybe this is wearing on you differently today or this week or whatever. Did, did that help you along your, along your battle through this? You know, it's interesting when I think about getting diagnosed, um, I really, I, I think it's just a response to trauma where you just put your head down and go through it. And like, so for example, I remember calling my best friend Brenna and saying like I'm gonna shave my head today like I just like woke up my hair was falling out and I was just like you know what I'm gonna shave it today and it was just like I did it and I probably shed like two tears but if you asked me to shave my head right now I would not be well you right, know right. and I think it's just you put your head down and you go through it because that you know that you have to and now as I kind of like watch my story play back because I felt like it was really important to be public about what was going on because again I just wanted to get my story out there so that any young woman that I could come in contact with would know that this could happen to them and that you know again self-breast exams are so important um as I watched that play back I realized just how emotional and how tough and how traumatizing something like that can be and right. I think you know, over the course of just the past year, I've really started feeling emotion towards it. Like, I don't, I don't know that when I was going through it, I truly felt it. I just think that it was something that, you know, you have to get through. And so I did, it was, a, it was almost like survival mode. And right. now I'm really starting to feel the emotions behind it. But again, just so grateful that I was able to get through it and that I'm a survivor. Yeah, me too. Um, and you, you yeah. know, I, I, you can, you may disagree, but I think there's just some life events that no matter what the textbook says, if you know where every resource is, you know every sign that may help you, 
there's nothing that can mentally prepare you for the trauma and what you're going to go through. You know what I mean? There's just some things in life that I think are like that. You know, is that pretty much how you agree with that as well? Yeah, I, I think that's definitely true. I I think that, you know, you, you can learn about it. And I remember them handing me a book at, literally the day I got diagnosed that said, like, you've been diagnosed with breast cancer. And it's a book that is inches thick, right? Wow. And you're just like... Nothing, nothing compares to actually going through it. And I think that's why it's so important to be a support to other people, because unless you've lived it, you truly don't understand. Right. I think that way, not just about cancer, but even about what, what I hear about my kids at school going through, yeah. whether it's, you know, gun violence or grief or, you know, food disparities. Like, you, I just until you've gone through it, you can't even begin to imagine. And that's like why sympathy and empathy are so important. Right. The sympathy and empathy truly go a long way. Um, The one phrase that I think um, is misused and misguided is, I know how you feel. I, I don't think, we certainly don't know how everybody feels. You know, your, your survival story You have different feelings than somebody else's. You had different experiences than somebody else's. Um, Someone that's affected by gun violence may have a different um, feeling than somebody else that's gone through that or the food disparity thing like you said. I just think that's sometimes a misguided and misused statement um, because we don't know how each other feels. Even if you say it, you just can't feel it. You know, it's it's just unique like that. So Yeah, for sure. I think that... I don't know. It it just, it's incredible how resilient people are, uh, no matter what they go through. And I, I think that people have their own battles in different ways. Right. So what I went through is hard. What somebody else goes through is equally hard. It's just different. Uh, but yeah, just having, having that sense of empathy is, is such an important as a community and, and beyond. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's bottom line. Um, a few years down the road, um, let's talk about Edinburgh a little bit, backtrack. What do you hope your time at Penn West Edinburgh will bring you, not just from a softball sense, from, but um, educationally? You know, I just, I, I have fallen in love with the idea of being a college coach, um, which is interesting because when Dan asked me to do it, I was intimidated. I had like similar feelings to what I was feeling when I originally went to college. And I kept just telling myself, like, you just, you just have to show up. You just have to show up. Right. And I think that there's been so much personal growth um, and knowledge that I've learned. And I'm so passionate about it. And I hope that I can be a part of Edinburgh softball, even if it's on a volunteer basis for years to come. Um, as far as my education goes, I'm, I'm so grateful. I think that I have the best job in the world to be able to coach softball and also get an education at the same time. As far as my school psych degree goes and my guidance counselor cert, I, again, just want to find the way to impact the most people um, and really the people who need it the most. And so I'm not sure if you know, my calling moving forward will continue to be coaching after I'm done. Um, or if, you know, I'll, I'll 
be back in the education system. But that's really just my goal is I want I want to I want to reach the most people and I want to propel them towards being their best self, whether that's educationally or on a softball field or both. Right. Absolutely. Um, coaching and education go hand in hand. So you, even if you leave one, uh, you're not far from the other. Um, so it definitely makes sense why each one of them are such an important part of your life because they are incredibly interconnected. Uh, For sure. I, I wanted to talk briefly about um, your soon-to-be husband, Grant. Um, seems like a wonderful guy. I've never met him personally, um, but I just want to talk about you know the impact he's had on your life and how excited you are to, to marry him if you want to have a few words about him as well. Yeah, um, Grant is the greatest human I've ever met. <laughs> it sounds so mushy, but it's so true. Um, I, when I was, I was at the tail end of my breast cancer journey when we really started to um, talk and like build a relationship. And I remember thinking like, what could you possibly want with me? Right. Because my hair is like growing back all sorts of funky and I don't feel like myself. And you know, I hadn't had reconstructive surgery, um, after breast cancer and my mastectomy. And I'm just like, what, what is your intention? Like, I just did not understand. And I think that he's just really shown me true, true and honest love. Like he, he loved me through, you know, all of the changes that, you know, my body went through with cancer and, and all of this, this sickness and in health is a real thing. Um, you know, I was still going through hormone treatments and, you know, still getting really sick all the time. And he just did what he needed to, to support me and love me through all of that. And I'm just, you know, forever grateful that I have such an incredible person in my corner and that he allows me to, you know, really pursue my dreams when it comes to coaching and and education. Right. Absolutely. Um, That's wonderful. You know, uh, very happy for you folks. Um, that'll be such a special day here soon. Um, believe later this year, I think in late summer, early fall, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, getting married in October. Yeah, that's great. So that's exciting. Lots to be, lots to be done on your end. This is certainly a busy year for you. Um, lots of new things, but lots of exciting new things. Um, so that's definitely exciting. Um, and I'm, again, very happy for both of you. Uh, Bree, you know, just really appreciate the opportunity to to chat with you and and learn about your story. Um, but wanted to open the floor to you for anything else that maybe you'd like to add that we haven't talked about so far. You know, I know we talked and, and bounced around a lot, but um, I love to open the floor to to guests for any final comments or anything else that they like to to talk about. Um, I think that one more shameless plug to get a to do yourself breast exam. I know I said that. Numerous right. times. Yeah. So, um, and also just be on the lookout for Burroughs Softball. We are in our, we're, we're team 50 this year and that's really inspired by, we were a product of title nine. So, um, this is our 50th year and we're really excited to make some noise in the PSEC. Absolutely. Um, great conference, you know, um, you got a team that I believe went to the final four last year, got some really good competition right in the PSAC. Hopefully it's Edinburgh's turn to, to make some noise here. So, um, yeah. Bree, really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, it was great to chat with you. Many great things are happening in your life. And, um, you know, gearing up here for year one as a college coach, very exciting stuff and wishing you nothing but the best. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come on and talk to you. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. 
This was another episode of the Western PA Sports Blog Podcast. You just heard from Bree Curtis. I'm Nate Stice. Thanks for listening. Until next time.